0: Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday. 647 977 7113 ITmayday.com. Hi, this is Linda Pinizado. Speaking to you from the Condo Experts, sponsored by Bayshore Health and Wellbeing, and powered by the Hayes FM here in Mississauga. Today I thought we would talk about different issues that are happening in and around. I'm picking up the newspaper, and I know last week the uh, City of Mississauga, actually at their council meeting, decided to follow up on the second suites. I know there's been a lot of conversation uh, over the last year, I guess, probably around eight months, where the uh, city has gone through a public consultation workshop. And during that time, they actually wanted to take a look at Mississauga's affordable housing strategy and create an action plan. Now, the government, uh, the McGuinty government, Put through mandates that every single municipality will have to engage in second suites, and they universally they would have to dictate their own bylaws with respect to second suites. Now you know it, it's interesting. I, I've actually lived in Mississauga since uh, nineteen seventy. Six, and believe it or not, back at that time i th- I think our population was about a hundred and fifty thousand. maybe I'm trying to remember back, and yes, I was through all the drama that happened with the derailment that would have been I think it was about nineteen November of nineteen seventy nine if I'm not mistaken, but a lot of things have happened, and the growth in Mississauga here has been absolutely outrageous. I mean we don't have any land left anymore. As far as condominiums are concerned, I mean, if you think about where condos, and I'm wearing my real estate hat right now, condominium growth in the downtown Mississauga core would be like Burnhamthorpe and Highway 10. I mean, at one time, we really only had a lot of the condominiums which existed along Mississauga Valley Boulevard. And then, of course, there was a web drive, and that whole pocket in there was developed. And if you go north on, on here, Ontario, and you hit... I guess you would look at Tacana Court, Kingsbridge Gardens. If you go north from there, you'd be looking at Trailwood. So, you know, and south uh, down to, I guess, Elm. So that whole pocket, and lo and behold, I mean, we've had more and more development, ship uh, the shipbuilding, I guess it would be, and over on Burnhamthorpe, extending maybe more towards where the Sussex Center is and um, Korea. So, you know, there's been a lot of development, but aside from that, I mean, as far as condominiums are concerned, most of the high-density condominium still remains in that immediate downtown Mississauga core. Now, as far as second suites, you know, there's only certain styles of homes that could really accommodate a second suite very well. So what exactly is it? A second suite or a second unit could also be known as a basement apartment or an in-law suite. And, you know, the changes to provincial laws, you know, when they require all the municipalities in Ontario, not only to allow the second suites, but as I mentioned, is to create different bylaws for the operations of second suites. So, you know, the the interesting part was is that the strategic plan, the conversation identified a whole need for affordable housing. There's no question about that. And... We found that one in three households in Mississauga have affordability issues. A lot of times, you know, people, when they choose to, you know, move into a basement apartment or a second suite, it really most of the time has to do with affordability. At the same time, there's certain things that they do not want to sacrifice and they don't want to sacrifice, you know, any type of, uh, you know, fire safety. They don't want to sacrifice whether or not they have separate exits, going, you know, from each of their units or their suites, they really should have windows. I mean, you know, maybe windows in their bedroom, in the living room area. And no question whatsoever, they have got to have smoke and carbon monoxide detectors. So how does the city ensure that the second suites are safe and legal? Because, you know, when they're legalizing them, it basically does protect the homeowner, and certainly it protects the tenant. There's another situation, I, I think, where you would actually consider maybe proper insurance protection. And then, you know, a lot of times if people are buying a property, they take the income that they would normally generate from a second suite, and they can use that as additional income with respect to qualifying for mortgage financing. And, you know, it could potentially allow them to upgrade in their home. So legalizing the basement apartments or the second suites, by all means, is a very, very smart thing to do, especially right now when we are having a housing shortage, and especially when you know, the need is very strong. If you take a look at all the immigration that's coming in, you're looking at uh, young adults and maybe even seniors that are trying to find a less expensive living style. So the committee that was developed, city planning actually, and the development committee actually, they considered all the different licensing strategies for owners. And, you know, earlier in the year, I think basically the idea was really well received within the community. Now, one key thing was, is a lot of the residents felt that landlords should be living on the property. So in other words, this legalization type of mandate should not be available for owners of uh, homes that are strictly using it as an investment. So in other words, they're renting upstairs or renting downstairs, and they do not live on the facility. The interesting part about that is, is not everybody that owns a home wants to share or rent out their basement and I guess sacrifice not only the space, but maybe to some degree the um, privacy. So when, when it came down, I think the ideal answer to it was to change the amount of monies it would cost for licensing. So therefore, landlords who live in a home where there is a secondary unit, they would only have to pay $500 for their licensing fee. And for owners who do not reside on site, they actually would have to pay double the amount, so they would then have to pay $1,000 as a realtor, I mean, uh, as many of you know, I've been a realtor for over 33 years, right here in Mississauga. And the interesting part is, is that, I guess my question would be, is I understand the concern between living, you know, owners that live in the, uh, up like units of the house, a semi-detached house or a detached house, they live in that uh, property. But then, the offsite owners who don't live there, does that really mean that the owner would watch the basement? Does it mean that it's going to help the neighborhood a little bit more because it might be more conscientious? I don't know. I mean, I, I can tell you offhand that I've seen an awful lot of houses where people own and they do not look after it. And I've seen people that tenant and they are fantastic and they really maintain pride of pride of rental circumstances, rental residence, as opposed to the pride of ownership. So I'm not completely convinced that it was really fair to make a difference from $500 for the one group and $1,000 for the other. I think what you might almost end up doing is, is what if the offsite owners that don't want to pay the $1,000, what if all of a sudden they decide that they're not even going to, they're not going to try and apply for licensing? They don't want to pay the money, so they're not going to even try. So I guess there there might be a reporting system of some sort that would ensure that people do, you know, come forward and and apply for their licensing for their suites, but how do you guarantee it? So that part I'm not really sure about. But there is a director of enforcement, and I think that uh, under existing legislation, the enforcement officer does have a certain amount of um, ability to request permission to go into properties in order to review them to ensure that they are in compliance and they do have the proper licensing. So I think with that being said is that it would most likely create some kind of a comfort level for everyone that's involved in the second suites or basement apartments. It was quite interesting because uh, the Ontario Nonprofit Housing Association, the Peel Poverty Action Group, and the Peel branch of the Canadian Mental Health Association, as well as many of the residents in Mississauga, actually praised the province's decision to create the uh, basement apartment second suites and create the licensing concept I think all along these type of things were actually going on, but nobody was licensed. So it's not a case where all of a sudden, you know, people are going to say, okay, fine, I'm going to rent out my basement. I think a lot of people have already been doing that over the years. And now really it's more of a a registered situation and there will be additional monies coming to the city because now, of course, there is a $500 or a $1,000 licensing fee. So yes, that is a good idea. Now, interesting, why am I talking about this? A lot of times I tend to talk about condominiums and I don't talk about single-family residential type of or multi-family residential homes. But you see, in the past, condominiums have always been known as multi-residential. You know, of course, meaning that there's more than one family living in the complex. But, you know, it's interesting because we don't really have an availability for people that live in condo corporations. Like for instance, if they have a townhouse and the design of the townhouse would never be able to accommodate a basement apartment because it would be really hard to gain access to go downstairs. I mean, you literally need to have a separate access, like a separate entrance. So in order for you to have that in a townhouse, a condominium style townhouse, you would have to have approval of the board in order for you to Dig down, I guess, in the back rear yard or something to go directly downstairs, or maybe if you're in a corner unit. But the chances of that are very, very slim. And as far as condominium, condominium apartments or stacked townhouses, I doubt very much. But what we do have going on right now is almost like a rooming, or a uh, rooming house sort of setup, where owners have their condominium units, and rather than just living there, there in the unit themselves, what they're doing is is that they're making available their second bedrooms for short-term rentals. And I know that this has been a huge concern. And a lot of times those aren't long-term, short-term rentals. So in other words, what I'm saying is, is that a short-term rental could very well be three days, four days, or a weekend. Or it could be four months, six months, eight months, a year. A lot of times you get people that share accommodations and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, a lot of times you'll get young professionals who rather than, you know, renting out one, one bedroom a condominium, they'll rent out a two bedroom and they'll call up a buddy and say, okay, fine. How about if we share and we'll live together? You know, that's fine, but that's more of a secured rental. They're both on the lease agreement. They both have responsibilities for the lease. But when you've got one person who's responsible for the lease, but they just decide to sublet their one bedroom over a short period of time here and there to whoever, I would have to guess that there's a little bit of a safety concern. And that's the reason why I started talking about this, because I thought it would be really important to bring this to the forefront. So while the municipalities are stepping forward and they're dealing with affordable housing strategies and they've now approved the second units and they've gone through and they've passed legislation, I think the important part about this whole thing is is maybe you need to broaden the scope and make sure that all levels of housing are actually protected. So on the short-term rentals, that is certainly something that the Ministry of Consumer Services needs to take a strong look at during the time that they have the uh, condominium review in place, because it's at the forefront. And I think with the approaching Pan Am Games, I don't see that as changing. And why would it change? You could bring an awful lot... As an owner, you actually could bring in a fair amount of money if you decided that you just want to share off your condominium. So think about that. And we'll be right back. It's Linda Pinazotto from The Condo Expert. Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday 647-977-7113. ITMayday.com